Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Tanner Brightman. Coach Brightman is the boys' basketball head coach at Luther College High School in Regina, Saskatchewan. He also works with Basketball Saskatchewan to conduct the Best in the West Coaching Conference. We talked today about having structure for players and building relationships and how to value truth over harmony. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm very excited to have you on. Uh, I think we can get kind of a, a perspective from you as far as the international game and kind of some of the uh, experiences you've had even recently, uh, just kind of getting back from Europe and then also being a coach in Canada. Uh, in Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, I want to kind of go through that and kind of get your, your, again, perspective. You being a young guy, uh, man, to be 25 again, I always tell my kids that they say, Dad, how old are you? Yes, I'm 25. They say, no, you're not. There's no way. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of one of those things where, man, that it, it's a good age, good solid age. Uh, your insurance premiums go down, all that good stuff. Uh, <laughs> so to kick it off, coach, uh, how were you introduced to the game? Uh, you know, basketball, basketball kind of found me. I have, um, I have absolutely no, uh, relative, no immediate family that's uh, connected with uh, the game of basketball. Um, I was a football player kind of growing up when I found basketball, um, maybe grade six, just I had some other buddies that were playing this. I thought, well, I'll do this too here friend group was doing it and I felt like yeah I wanted to stay connected with them and then just over the course of time it uh it kind of took over the football for me um and then as I got into high school I had uh much like I'm sure many of your your listeners as well as uh, those who've come on the podcast you know you've had one one or two really really powerful role models and coaches who who wanted to enrich your experience and go after it so I, I had a great high school coach, Glenn Fulick, here, uh, a Saskatchewan coaching legend. I would uh, I would argue he's in our South Sports Hall of Fame and and just a first class guy. Um, so I had him, and and then from there it all just kind of fell into place. You know, I got got into basketball. Um, I would say relatively late, and then hopefully I made up for that late start here just because I was doing it all the time. Um, my friend group, we've been friends for for the last fifteen or so years. We we would play every day um, just on the driveway here and then we'd walk over and get lunch and then we'd come back and play again. And, and just from that here, we've, we've carried those memories together. And then I've been fortunate enough to, to follow it now as a passion and, and as uh, as an occupation. So you know, it's, been, it's been a great, great journey. As you said, in my, my 25 years, I can't wait to be using that line on my kids here. That I'm 25 <laughs> years old, but yeah, no, man, it, it's, uh, it's one of those things where like, you know, I talk about that like, man, to, to be 25 again. But, you know, 39 is pretty doggone good for me. And uh, <laughs> and to be honest with you, I feel like I'm getting younger because you stay in this game long enough with young people. Uh, they actually make you – they keep you young in a sense. 
Uh, and, and, and it's up to you to stay that way physically, but mentally where it really counts, I feel. Uh, it, I still feel young. So, yeah, it's, it'll be a good day then, too, because I'm sure you'll still feel like the 25-year-old you are right now. Uh, so, Coach, you know, kind of talking about, you know, you talked about your high school coach. Uh, is, is he or who else was influential in you uh, actually taking steps to go into coaching? Yeah, so we, um, the high school that I went to, uh, was a bit of a, a basketball uh, powerhouse, I guess. Um, and that was in, in large part credit to him and, and our, uh, our ladies, um, teen and girls coach there, Wendy Bolesky, and, and they had, you know, worked at the school for uh, about 25 years when I got to high school. So it was, it was kind of predicated as a, as a basketball powerhouse. And then that was a large part of why my friends and I wanted to go there and to maintain that tradition of, of having successful teams, but also um, first class experiences. You know, we from being a relatively small, small town, uh, 200,000 people here in Regina. Uh, you know, we, we were fortunate to go to Hawaii over Christmas break with the team and, 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 uh, in tournaments in Orlando and, and across Western Canada and things like that. So he he was probably the biggest influence. Um, and then just through honestly being involved in uh, just a little bit of coaching, uh, coaching my brother, uh, it then just it kind of opened up for me. You know, I had a lot of people looking out um, to try and get me uh, coaching as much as I could. And and even when I thought, well, maybe I'm not as qualified as I could be for this year you know they they nudged me in the right direction and then with that nudge they gave me support so no I would say um the uh the expression that takes a village you know to raise yeah. to raise a kid well it uh it took a whole province to raise a coach here in me so I've been, been very very fortunate to have so many so many great role models absolutely fantastic so kind of jumping into your experience I know you know here again like I uh, previously had mentioned about you coming back from Europe and you have some experience with, with actually coaching FIBA with FIBA rules and all that. Uh, what, what was that experience like you, you kind of touring uh, overseas? More so than anything, I think was, was the reflections that I had, you know, on the trip that basketball is such a global game. And, and uh, I think um, maybe, maybe controversially here, I think FIBA is the, is the best way to play just in terms of the rules and, and the pace of game and everything like that too, just because of that's what uh, we've been privy to so much here in Canada. And, and obviously if it's good enough for the Olympics, it can be good enough for, for much of the rest of the world. But definitely. Yeah. We, uh, we traveled across, um, uh, I think we did, we had uh, four countries and eight different places in those countries. Um, and just how vibrant, you know, the basketball culture is. Um, but I would almost say hidden, you know, as it's, as it's second to, uh, to soccer, football there. Um, but it's such a unique place in, in the way in which people are. You know, it's, um, uh, I don't even know how to categorize it in one word. It's, it's just that. It's an experience. It's something that I think people have to do. And, and I hope to be back and, and do it on a more basketball enriching basis here to get out to some clubs and things like that. And, and uh, I've been very fortunate to be able to talk to, to coaches over there, Alex Garama being one of those guys, and, and Eric Michaels, another guy who uh, who's been very gracious with their, their connections and things like that to, to better me, myself, and, and hopefully I can return some value. So, Yeah, no, that sounds great. So, you know, kind of going to the international game, you being there in Canada, 
and uh, and I say international, but I mean North America is North North America. Uh, you know, what are the differences between the international game and would you say the North American game? I, I think um, the physicality, I think, is one of the things that first starts out. Like if you watch a, a FIBA um, European Cup or uh, anything like that, just the amount of, uh, of physicalness that takes place in the game. And it's not just like in places that are physical, like, you know, when you're blocking out to rebound or, or you're screening, it's, it's you know how they get into the ball and and the uh, the tenacity that they play with. I think that's one thing that we as North Americans maybe underappreciate. Um, and yeah. I think the willingness to play hard. Like you watch you watch a top uh, Euro League game and they're picking up full court every time down. And not necessarily because they're getting turnovers or anything like that, but it's just wearing their opponent down, right? So I think that's one of the things that uh, sticks out first and foremost. I think the second thing is, um, and now it's starting to seep into the the, uh, the North American game, especially obviously with the way that um, the top NBA teams are playing for the most part here. But just it was it was cooler uh, and more successful in Europe, you know, for the last whatever 25 years, uh, or in the FIBA game generally here to, to to pass, you know, and that was now obviously with the Spurs and the Warriors here in the last 10 or so years to, to modernize our NBA. That that's always been true in Europe, and it's been where I think have I've learned the most here. I remember prepping for our our 2017 Canada Games team, and I was just down. I got always termed the the European wormhole because um, uh, I was just watching so much stuff that wasn't in English um, yeah. to try and learn how we could how we could compete with with good athletes, but less uh, less superior athleticism than that in which we were facing. And then I think for for coaches out there. If you have a team that maybe isn't as athletic as those you're competing against, um, watching European basketball is, is second to none because of the floor spacing and, and the timing um, and the pace in which they play with. So those are some of the things I think that stand out to me. Um, and I think maybe lastly uh, is that the engagement from, uh, from the fans. Yeah. It's one thing to go to uh, to you know a Final Four NBA NBA Finals where people are are obviously interested in in the results and everything like that. That's another thing to be watching a game here where there's uh, flares and and uh, firecrackers and and <laughs> continuous chanting yeah. and everything like that yeah. going on, right? And and I think that just breeds uh, that breeds competition, right? That's yeah, uh, it's a perfect chamber here for that to happen. So yeah, even if you checked and you didn't have a pulse. Once that got started, you, there's signs of life that would show up in your body. <laughs> You'd be ready to do something. Absolutely, absolutely, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Even as an impartial fan, you yeah. find, you find a way to, to root for somebody. <laughs> Definitely. So, coach, you being a coach at Lutheran College High School in Saskatchewan, how you know working with young players and you being a young guy as well uh, in a, in team culture, how do you do that? How do you build that team culture? Sure. So I'm I'm fortunate um, to be at a relatively small school uh, with uh, that's pretty pretty um, steeped in tradition. So the school's over 100 years old. Um, we've got uh, 450 students in the school, grade nine to grade 12. So I coach uh, primarily the grade 11 and 12 um, athletes there, but I also oversee most of the basketball programming that goes on. Um, the one thing uh, that and I didn't go to Luther as a student, so I didn't really have the background um, or the uh, the initial vibe of what the tradition would be. The one thing that I had to do, and I try to push this here with with our our team, is is 
to learn about those who have come before us, right? So we can be better in the moment and then prepare for those who come after us. And I think in doing that here, it's so impactful and powerful to have people to come back who have given so much of their life to the school um, and see just how valuable it is because of the, the school that we're at. It's, it's a tuition-based school, so the, the kindness and the generosity of donors and things like that here obviously improve our programming and, yeah. and ultimately give our students and our, our sports staff here better experiences and better better tools to teach with. So that's the first thing. I think we, we always try to look back at those who have come before us and, and honor that and make sure that we're appreciative of where that comes from. Um, the second thing here is that we, uh, we're trying to do everything as much as we can on a first class basis. And I got that, uh, as I alluded to from, from Glenn Secula. So everything that we do, uh, I'd like to think is incredibly high, um, energy. It's, it's got a lot of organizational, um, tactfulness and, and the guys, I think if you were to ask them of their experience at the school, regardless of when I lose here, we try to provide, you know, the best day that they can have so they come back to the next day um both competition and and enjoyment um i think some things stand out that we've adopted and whether they've been borrowed begged or or stolen from elsewhere i'm sure they have been because just just like everything in this game right it's it's new until it's old and then it's old and it's new again so definitely we uh we have a lot of you know truth telling i guess if you could call it that um yeah one thing that we we find really beneficial here is uh, is having group debriefs. The one thing we would do after practice, right? Obviously, so oftentimes it's coaches talking about what you know we could have done better at practice. Um, but we actually ask the players to to tell us as coaches in front of the group what we could have done better at practice here. Um, and for the first bit, it's quite quite strange. Like it's you know kids are like, oh, wait a second, you want us to tell you as our, our coaches the kind of hierarchy of of the uh, the team, yeah. what exactly you guys can improve on. So we don't get much the first few times we ask, but then as we keep pushing, you know, it's uh, it's a way that we can get better. We try to be as evaluated as possible, but yeah. the kids are going to know far better than we are if things that we're saying or, or teaching or trying to get across are sticking, right? Yeah. So, Coach, right there, so, you, yeah, you bring you bring up a good point. And kind of leads me to my next question is how important are words and actions when building relationships with your players? Because as you're saying, it's like they either need to hear it or see it. And but more, I don't know, kids are different. And, you know, I think we're all different and far, as far as how we learn. But, you know, so words, actions, how does that play a part uh, with building the relationships with your players? Mm, yeah, I think um, maybe a, uh, to kind of generalize that we start with uh, we start with the standards, you know, of, of being a part of our team, and and that standard uh, it's got a pretty continual thread through season to season, but it's developed by the team in that year here of what some of the things that we that we want to hold um, one another accountable to, and right off the hop we, we we differentiate you know accountability from from consequence because I think that that is uh, something that gets lost, especially in young people's minds, is that accountability is, is doing something for the betterment of yourself, uh, yeah. which equally is going to be the betterment of the team, right? Yeah. The consequence is saying, well, well, that's, that, that's wrong what you've done, you know, and therefore you have to face the consequences. You know, you've, you rarely have ever hear that in a, in a positive light and too often. I think they're associated with one yeah. another. Um, we try as much as possible to keep things light in practice. Um, and I mean that from a, from a, uh, 
uh, joking is maybe the wrong word here, but but just that to keep it light, where we're not um, not driving guys here to exhaustion to puke or anything like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. But we are we are pushing guys to compete um, and doing that though in a in a way here that they buy in and and they enjoy. I think you get uh, you get a lot more with with honey than you do with uh, with the bath, you know. And yeah. there's the time when you do use the bath that it's even more impactful because of how how positive you've been so yeah i really like that approach with with guys i think it's it's a strength that i have and uh, i try to surround myself with with staff members that uh have different strengths so that we fill in each other's gaps and and go forward with that but great coach yeah great uh points of emphasis there uh when it comes to building culture relationships and also getting buy-in. I mean, those are really important things, and I, I don't think it can be stressed enough, quite honestly. You have to, you know, reiterate it because, uh, you know, young people, players, even assistant coaches, uh, everybody's looking for what's what are we really doing here? <laughs> what's the real mission? Like, I hear what you're saying, but, but what really is the mission? Like, no, 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 seriously, what are we doing? Because I don't see it from you. And I think that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know... That's really what what uh, what human beings want to see from each other when involved in an organization and moving forward with with the goal in mind. So, kind of going to what you do off the court, uh, which is pretty substantial in my opinion. What are you doing with the uh, basketball Saskatchewan there in Canada? Can you kind of run down that with your coaching conference and all that? Sure, absolutely. Um, I've uh, again been in. Uh fortunate, lucky, and right place, right time to be uh, a part of Basel Saskatchewan for the last eight years in quite a few different capacities. Um, uh, we in Saskatchewan, I think it would be comfortable to kind of like an all-state team, but we basically, uh, in our province of Saskatchewan, we select the 12 best players at different age groups, um, U15, U16, U17 years old, both male and female, um, and those essentially are the, the 12 best players in those age groups to represent our province. Uh, at what we have national championships, which is ran by Canada basketball, uh, okay. in sometimes late July, but usually early August. Um, so I served as a provincial team coach, uh, U15, U16, U17, over the course of my eight years working with basketball Saskatchewan. Um, and one of the highlights of that here with our 2017 Canada Games team, uh, both because it's uh, it's an event that only takes place every four years, um, but uh, the real. Um, I guess cherry on that here for me was being able to work with a group of guys, both coaches and and athletes and families, um, for a four year cycle. You know, which yeah. I think is one of the, my my favorite parts of coaching. You actually get to you get to start and, and see the finished project. Yeah. Um, but you're not you're not uh, you're not having to rush if that makes sense. From yeah, a it's a process standpoint. For sure, for sure. Um, so that was uh, that was the highlight for me. And as I've uh, this is my first year not taking a summer team. Um, and so I was in Europe for, for three weeks. I guess to have that time off. But uh, yeah. being able to now give back in a different way through the province, um, as you alluded to, uh, I appreciate the, the plug there on the Best in the West uh, Coaching Conference. So we've um, we've run it now for uh, the last three years. And, and this year is kind of our, our biggest year that we've uh, undertaken, both from our coaches, the players, and the official standpoint. Um, so the conference has grown exponentially in a relatively short period of time. Uh, it takes place this year uh, here in Regina at the at Luther College of School that I'm at. Um, October, uh, the first weekend of October, uh, it's 
great great presenters from all over the world here. So Chris Oliver, uh, basketball immersion, former yeah. University of Windsor head coach. I'm sure you, uh, many of your yeah, followers yeah, know no, him. We're very familiar um, with him, yeah. You bet, yeah. Uh, Canada Basketball Royalty, Mike McKay, who's uh, the Women's High Performance uh, Director. Um, we've got Alex and, and Yurik, as I mentioned, coming over from, from Belgium, which will be great. They're coming actually for, for about a 10-day period here to do some work across the province with me. Um, and then we've just uh, we've just added Shawnee Harley, who's former Olympic team assistant coach with the women's uh, Canadian women's team, uh, and then local uh, very very successful university coach here, Regina Dave Taylor, who coaches our women's team. So that's our uh, that's our lineup here right now, um, all for a low low cost of a hundred dollars, so hundred Canadian dollars, wow. which is like I think seventy five the US. So. Yeah, that's a great conversion there. Uh, so uh, yeah. <laughs> so coach. That that uh, conference you have October fourth through sixth uh, coming up. Now that's something that you're kind of taking the lead on. What what is your uh, kind of uh, function or role in that? For sure, yeah. So that's um, it's it's I guess my my baby, if you will. Uh, the Saskatchewan has been fortunate, or sorry, has uh, allowed me the, the latitude to kind of run with it, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to. To, uh, to use their platform to try and enrich the coaching um, quality here in our province and, and to give coaches and, as I said, players and officials a, a chance to get better. Um, and then following our event, uh, I'll be taking uh, the Best in the West kind of group and, and name here uh, to run another uh, conference in Calgary, Alberta, uh, which is the first weekend of April, um, which should be an excellent excellent uh, event here with, with different speakers. and. Yeah. Hopefully we can really live up to the best in the West name here and take it across Western Canada and, and, and grow it and, again, try and educate and help out as many coaches as we can. So I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a great uh, initiative for me because it's how I get my professional development. And it's, uh, selfishly, I wanted to, to get her going so I didn't have to travel for professional development. And, <laughs> yeah, that always and, uh, Here we are. That's, exactly. That's great, Coach. And, and uh, professional development – development i think is uh i heard uh coach musselman eric musselman talking on, on a podcast earlier this morning i was listening to uh, actually with chris oliver and uh right, yeah. you know he's talking about how it used to be this thing of everybody kind of going to coaching clinics and being able to ask questions and leave kind of with some uh i, I guess more of fervor for for their their uh their craft and you know, I think these conferences need to be more uh, readily available in every area that they can be, so that you know, basketball, the game can grow, and we can we can bring together uh, somewhat of think tanks uh, uh, for them and, and ideas and concepts, and just grow the game for every part of North America at least that we can. Now, the the rest of the world, yeah, maybe they've got stuff to add as well. I mean, it's. It's just a great thing when you can bring a bunch of minds together who know what they're doing, who don't claim to know it all, and we all come together to learn it all. I just I feel like that's always going to be uh, of great value. And, I, and I, I would tell any coaches out there listening, you want to be a part of this event, uh, you, know, you can reach out to Coach Brightman and, uh, and you get a hold of him and, and see what, what role you would want to play in that. So moving forward, Coach, in your career and in your experience, what has the role of feedback and criticism played in, in your 
you know, the way you operate? I think uh, that's a great question. Um, I think probably twofold. I think the uh, the feedback loop or criticism loop here from uh, peer-to-peer on a coach level, uh, I've been very fortunate to surround myself with, uh, with great people and, and, uh, anytime, um, I'm in need of, of, uh, of advice or anything like that. I do have uh, a great network of people that I can talk to just around the province here. Um, but I think even further to that, uh, I try to be as diligent as I can with selecting, um, the people that I work with on the staff. And I think the provincial team model, uh, is one of the best ways in which I've been um, privy to, to that accountability as we were talking about before um, just because I do I am fortunate uh, when I was coaching the provincial team to be able to pick the people that, that uh, worked around me um, and I really wanted to have people who were going to were gonna make me better right and we're yeah. going to, to give that accountability um, and one of, the, one of the first meetings that we had you know we talked about the willingness to to say no, you know, and that could be anything. It could be that you didn't agree with something or that you thought that schedule didn't work or you had to spend time with your kids or anything like that and not feel so, so burdened in the way of which we were doing things. So I think, uh, it's, the idea is well, well founded, right? You want to be as honest as you can all the time in practice. That's always harder than than it is. And especially when you do it in a, in a face-to-face manner. So, Oftentimes the hard thing, but the right thing to do, and I think yeah. uh, that's kind of been my my guiding light um, from a from a player's perspective. It's it's really no different, to be honest with you. Yeah. We talk um, to our teams about being truth over harmony, uh, coaches, and and that we are uh, we're telling you the truth because we want what's best for you and for the group. And and if we wanted harmony here, and we'd be we'd make your uh, we'd make you you feel good, but you wouldn't get any better and you wouldn't go any further. Which that's I think great. Is what kids want right so yeah, that's great with we, that we come back sure that truth over harmony like <laughs> such a great concept that i'm gonna trademark it coach that should, that should be a shirt <laughs> free, man. Free. Uh, tm verbal trademark yeah, right yeah right. Uh, so like you know that whole concept it works really well especially for this these last few generations that have come in the game and have had more YouTube time, overtime, ball is life, all those things, courtside hoops, whatever, however right. you want it. They've had so much, so many eyes on them that it's almost like even in, even if they were to work on their own, they might be thinking there's eyes on them, and they want people, right. they want people to go, you know, just, just say you're so great, you're so man, you're good. And then when criticism comes along, they're kind of eh, don't, don't, you're making me uncomfortable. I, you're a hater or whatever, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. uh, that's something that you know, truth over harmony, man. That's that's uh, that's gold right there because, yeah, I, we all want to keep the peace. We all want kids to be happy within what we're doing. But man, if we're not, if we're gonna, you know, I guess sacrifice their development, sacrifice their well-being just to get along. That's a sad state of affairs. And, and integrity has always got to be the order of the day as a coach, as a leader, as a mentor, as, as whatever it is that you're doing in a, an organization where you have influence. Always be truthful. Always have integrity. Always have great character. 
because whether you have the truth that they want to hear or the truth that they don't want to hear, they can respect you at the end of the day, it, you know, as they mature into understanding maybe what they didn't like at first. So, yeah, great. That's a great, 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 uh, you know, saying there. So you know, even though you're here again, young guy, there's some sacrifices I'm sure you had to make along the way. So what, you know, because 25-year-old guys don't just go around, you know, doing whatever they want and they just walk into a situation where it's like, all right, time to be the coach, put a hat on. Uh, it's like, right, yeah. you know, at the, you know to, to do what you're doing. Uh, what have you sacrificed through your whole, you know, basketball career and coaching career? Um, well, I, I think you could maybe frame it two ways. You could look at that I sacrificed quite a lot of what um, you would expect, uh, you know, my whatever 17 to 25-year-old people would be doing my age. Yeah. Um, you could look at that I sacrificed that just in terms of what stereotypically is going on in terms of going out and, and live in the university lifestyle. But I think I prefer to frame it in the other way of, of uh, how fortunate I've been and the experiences that I've had in, in that lifespan of coaching in, in relatively short period of time that I've done so much um, with so many great people that, well, it was, it was more than worth it. You know, I would do it all over again, you know, times two if I could. So no, no, no sacrifice in terms of real, uh, I feel like I've been missing out on anything in that world um, because of how great my experiences have been with the game. Yeah. Um, but there's been obviously personal sacrifices. I was listening to um, your podcast, I believe it was uh, with Coach Ammerman um, from UCF, and he yeah. was speaking about, you know, with, with I believe it's his wife now. Uh, I've been with, with my now fiance uh, just under seven years, um, and she's been, been with with me through basically when I first got into doing the provincial team stuff all the way to now with, with the best in the West and, and my job at Luther. So she's, uh, she's been the rock man. She's been the one that's, uh, that's been so supportive and, and, uh, again, held me accountable for what it is that I need to be doing, but also has, has been that, uh, that, that person to lean on here because she doesn't really have a basketball foundation. So she's, she's, uh, she's objective in, in such a positive way. Awesome. Um, that's good. Yeah, man. That's, she, that's she's, she, awesome. she's a keeper. So make sure, Absolutely, make right. sure you stay a keeper too, coach. That's the other part. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I tell people. Yeah, exactly. too. She'll, she'll like that you said that. Yeah. 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 No, man, you, I have four daughters, right. And, and you know, my young, my, uh, my sister's the baby of our family. And I was telling her the other day, you know, Make sure that you're doing what you need to do before you get married to be the best for that person. You want them to be the best, and that's great. You deserve that. And I'm kind of biased towards people who are in my family, especially females, about who they're going to marry. But make sure that you're the best version of you for them so that, you know, you're a keeper. And, and so, yeah, Coach, keep work on. Keep working on it until you, you tie that knot. Keep working on being the best keeper you could be. So uh, that's the best advice I can give you. Quite honestly, when it comes to, to premarital advice, uh, so what you know, you know, you're starting, you're starting off real young. You start off real young with this whole, like with uh, you know, basketball Saskatchewan and working with your province and in the uh, here again, like you said, in, in a national level as well. Uh, what what do you want your your at the end of it all? Like you say, you move up to this, that, and the third. You're you're in high school right now, coaching high school level. But as you go on with your career, 
what do you want your legacy to be and what do you want people to say about you when, in, when your careers uh, kind of come to an end? If you kind of laid out that foundation starting now, what would you want them to say? Um, you know, I, uh, I, I thought I was prepared for this question because I would say I've listened to your podcast enough <laughs> coach to, to know it, it, it's coming. Yeah. It's um, coming. <laughs> but, 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 but it's, uh, but it's so, so big, you know, and, um, I think at the end of the day, if, uh, if people are to sum up, you know, their experience with me is that they just genuinely look forward to, to being in the gym with me or being, yeah. being around me. And then the kind of, obviously the trickle down effect is that they learned, they got better. They felt inspired. They were a better version of themselves. Uh, they taught me something in our time together. Um, but I think legacy is, is such a, such a big thing. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy day to day, you know, doing the best job that I can in the position that I'm in and, and, uh, being thankful every day for, for what I've been given and, and what I've had to work for and, and everything in between. So legacy, I think, uh, I've still got a few, few years away to be yeah, definitely. thinking, thinking of that. So maybe when, when I get to 30, 30 something here, we can, we can we'll, get back on again. Yeah, we'll revisit we'll have a that. better answer for you. But. <laughs> Coach, I really do thank you for your time. Here again, coaches, if you're listening, the best in the West here in Canada. Oh, not here. I'm not in Canada. You are there in Canada, October 4th through 6th, 2019. Uh, I feel like it's it's a worthwhile event, 100 bucks, Not a lot. That's, you know, pennies on the dollar compared to what you'll receive. I mean, you just it's, it's a great event. Uh, coach, here again, thank you for your time. I wish you the best of luck moving forward. And uh, and I'm so glad that we got to spend this time together and and, and uh, talk about you know your experience and and where you're headed to because I feel like there's there's a good there's a good future for you in this game uh, with the perspective that you already have. So thank you for your time. And thank you for having me on. You know I uh, I can't thank you enough for what you do for coaches and and running this podcast and and sharing and growing the game and. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say earlier when we were talking about um, the international game and, and just this right here is that, you know, the world has never been smaller in your access to individuals yeah. and things like that. And obviously we met, uh, met just through, again, our interest in basketball, but uh, the coaching um, world, if you will, here, has, I, I'm sure has never been bigger because it's so accessible here. So thank you again. I appreciate the time and, and the forum to, to share. Likewise, Coach. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Thank you.